This geography lesson is brought to you by the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Education. Hi, my name is Steve Chandrabhawan and I'm going to be teaching you geography. And in this episode, I want to cover the aspects of the synoptic weather map that often appear and are tested in exams. In synoptic weather map interpretation, it is important to be able to identify the different pressure cells that occur on the synoptic weather map. Now, let us start with a definition of a synoptic weather map. What is a synoptic weather map or a weather chart? A synoptic weather map is a summary, also known as a synopsis, of weather conditions that are collected from different weather stations across the country. And these weather conditions are applicable only for one day. So a synoptic weather map is a summary of weather conditions for one day for a place. Now synoptic weather maps aside from the pressure cells that may occur on these maps also have weather symbols. Now you need to be able to identify the weather symbols or the most common ones that occur because again examiners favor this question when they ask you to describe the weather at specific places. Let us look at the pressure cells that occur on a synoptic weather map. Fortunately for South African weather maps, and you will be tested only on South African weather maps, there are only three high pressure cells that you would need to be able to identify and have a knowledge of. These three high pressure cells, two of which occur over the oceans, and the other one occur occurs over the interior of the country form part of the the larger or giant belt of low pressure or sorry of high pressure that develops along 30 degrees south now the 30 degrees south latitude basically cuts south africa in half that means south africa lies astride right on both sides of the 30 degrees south subtropical high pressure belt. The influence of land mass, and that is the V-shape of the South African land mass itself, splits up this giant belt into the three high pressure cells. The two that I said just now fall over the oceans and the other one that is found over the interior of the country. The two pressure cells that form over the oceans are called oceanic highs or maritime highs. And the one that forms over the Atlantic Ocean is called the South Atlantic High Pressure Cell. It's also, it also has an alternate name as the St. Helena High Pressure Cell. The one that forms over the Indian Ocean is called the South Indian High Pressure Cell or SIH. It is also known as the Mauritian High. Now, based on their locations, they have certain characteristics. Let us look at the South Atlantic High. The South Atlantic High lies over the Atlantic Ocean, in which we have a cold ocean current, the cold Benguela current. Now, any high pressure cell is linked to diverging air, and the air diverges from here towards the west coast of South Africa. Because the air is moving over a 
cold ocean. Evaporation rates are low and the conditions that will be attached to this diverging air mass on the west coast will be linked to cold and dry conditions. So why cold? Cold because it's coming from a cold ocean. Why dry? It is dry because of the low evaporation rates means that this air mass is not bringing a lot of moisture to the west coast. Hence the west coast is relatively dry and it assists the dryness along the west coast and the formation of the Kalahari Desert. We're going to see just now how the Kalahari High that is found over this interior part of South Africa also contributes to the dryness in this region. Let us look at the South Indian High. The South Indian High is found over the Indian Ocean. This is a warm ocean because of the warm Mozambique or the warm Agulhas currents that flow in this area. Automatically, there will be higher rates of evaporation, which means that there is more moisture in the atmosphere. And because these currents originate at the equator, the temperatures will also be higher. So the wind masses that diverge from the South Indian High towards the east coast of South Africa will bring warm, moist conditions. Hence, we have more rain along the east coast than we have along the west coast. Let us now look at the Kalahari High. Although the Kalahari High is a permanent high pressure system, remember it's part of the subtropical high pressure belt at 30 degrees south. It is absent from synoptic weather maps in summer. So in summer conditions, you'll find that the Kalahari High or the continental high over the interior is absent. What is present on a, a summer synoptic weather map are the low pressure systems that occur during the hot summer months and we call them thermal low pressure cells which I will discuss low pressure cells just now. Now remember in any high pressure cell including the South Atlantic High and the South Indian High air is subsiding and diverging. So the air from the Kalahari High which is found over the interior of the country and is more or showing a dominant presence in winter is diverging from the country, is diverging from the interior and going towards the west coast and the east coast. So these are offshore winds and later on these winds interact with certain lows along the coast called coastal lows and the resultant climate conditions are linked to berg winds. You can listen to a lesson later on on the formation and effects of berg winds on our coastal areas. Now let us look at the interaction of these high pressure cells with, okay, before we do that, let us look at the low pressure cells that occur over uh, on a South African weather map. We've discussed high pressure cells and we said that there are three high pressure cells. Two are found over the oceans. One is the South Atlantic High. The other one is the South Indian High. And the third one is found over the interior, which is known as the Kalahari High or the Continental High. Now, the low pressure cells or cyclones that are found over the southern African region include one, which is the temperate cyclone. Cyclone refers to low pressure cell, which we discussed in a previous lesson. Now, this is the low pressure cell that has these 
large, cold and warm fronts. And they move from west to east. The second one is a tropical cyclone. Again, low pressure sa. That is found and this now forms in the east wind belt that might be in the area of the northern parts of Madagascar where Mauritius or the islands of Mauritius and Reunion are found. And they are directly in line with our northern neighbor, Mozambique. Right? Because Mozambique lies right in the line of 5 to 25 degrees south. And tropical cyclones impact heavily in this region. A third low-pressure cell or cyclone is the thermal low-pressure cells that occur over the interior. And I said just now that it is a summer condition. Now remember, temperature affects pressure. So in summer, the land is hot. So these low-pressure cells will dominate over the interior. So you'll have on a synoptic weather map two or three L formations, uh, the letter L. Each one standing for a low-pressure cell. And which low-pressure cell are we talking about? We're talking about the thermal low-pressure cell. Also called a heat low, again because of the high temperatures of summer. A fourth low-pressure cell or cyclone on a synoptic weather map would be the coastal low. Now the coastal low is easy to identify on our synoptic chart. They form along the coast, starting from the west coast, moving along the coast towards the south coast, uh, past Cape Town, and then moving up towards the east coast where they dissipate or, or decay. Right? So that's the fourth low pressure cell or cyclone, the coastal low. A fifth one is the cutoff low. Now the cutoff low is linked to the temperate cyclone the mid-latitude cyclone, and the cold front of the temperate cyclone. Now what happens is, as the mid-latitude cyclone is moving towards the east, sometimes becomes wedged right, between the South Indian high and the South Atlantic high. Now these two high-pressure cells seem to put some pressure and squeeze the temperate cyclone that is moving towards the east. And this causes the cold front now to elongate. Elongate, it can even break up into a not another cold front. So you identify the cut-off low by an extended cold front, another arm of cold front that is added to the current cold front. Then you would know that that is a cut-off low. Now, as the cold front is attached or associated with your cold conditions and your heavy downpours, torrential rains and your strong wind conditions, the extended cold front brings more intense forms of the same weather conditions, right? Longer periods of heavy rainfall, uh, longer periods of cool conditions, very cold conditions, as well as your steep pressure gradient that results in uh, very strong winds, gale force winds, right? And again, they pose certain kinds of impacts or risks, and you would need to prepare for those uh, risks uh, in terms of your precautions that you would need to take. It is necessary to talk about the interaction of the highs and the lows because these interactions bring about certain weather conditions. They explain why we experience certain weather conditions in South Africa. Let us start off with the South Atlantic high. Any high will send or diverge air towards a low. When that air diverges towards the low, it creates certain weather conditions. Now, with which low pressure cell is the South Atlantic high interacting? Now, as I said just now, 
the coastal low develops along the west coast. And as it is moving towards Cape Town, towards the south coast, air that is diverging from the South Atlantic high interacts with this low pressure, this coastal low. Air moves from high to low, creating fog-like conditions along the west coast and again bringing visibility over the oceans to a minimum. So it's reducing the visibility there and creating problems for sea vessels and those people that depend on the sea for a living. Along the east coast, we have interaction between the South Indian high and the thermal or heat lows over the interior. Now, this is a summer condition because those heat or thermal lows occur in summer. The air move or diverging from the South Indian high, moving over the warm Indian Ocean, is able to gather a lot of moisture and is able to bring this moisture onto land where it deposits this moisture over largely the eastern parts of the country, resulting in our summer rainfall pattern. As these rain-bearing winds move over the escarpment into the interior, rains also occur but on a decreasing level. So these two pressure cells interact. That means the SIH, the South Indian High, and the thermal lows over the interior in summer. They interact with each other to bring us our summer rains. And of course, more rain will fall along the east. And as these winds move towards the west, they result in less and less rain. We say rainfall decreases from east to west. And again, you can see as these winds reach the western parts of the country, the rainfall is less than 200 millimeters per annum. Again, exacerbating the dry conditions of the western parts of the country. Now, we have a third high-pressure cell, the Kalahari High, that we said is dominant over the interior in winter. Again, because of the cold subsiding air masses, the dominance shows its presence in winter. And you'll be able to see this on a synoptic weather map, especially a typical winter condition. Now, this air is moving offshore from here. The, the two maritime highs have onshore wind circulations. The Kalahari High has offshore wind circulations. Now, what is the Kalahari High interacting with? And again, the coastal low comes into effect over here. When the formation of a coastal low takes place, the Kalahari High in winter is able to send air towards this coastal low. And the air, because it's originating over the interior, is dry. There's not a lot of evaporation over the interior. And as this air is descending the escarpment from west to east, it is beginning to heat up. So these winds that come from the Kalahari High in winter, and there is a presence of a coastal low, are warm, dry winds. The term for these warm, dry winds are called berg winds. And berg winds are hot, dry, or warm, dry, and gusty winds that occur along the coastal areas in winter. Last aspect on synoptic weather map interpretation involves the interpretation of weather symbols. Now, a weather symbol has basically six aspects to it. The first of which is the air temperature. Now, there are two figures that are written for each of the weather symbols. There is one that lies 
at the top and the second one that lies at the bottom of the circle that is drawn that represents the weather station. Remember the circle represents the weather station and also indicates the, the amount of cloud cover. So the upper figure represents air temperature and it tells you what kind of temperature is being experienced in that part of the country at that part, on that particular day. The figure at the bottom which is generally lower than the air temperature is the dew point temperature. And the dew point temperature is basically the temperature at which condensation is going to take place. Now the dew point temperature also tells you at what altitude clouds will begin to form. The higher the dew point temperature, the more likelihood of there being more cloud cover because that means that water vapor will reach a lower altitude before condensing into clouds. The lower the temperature, the dew point temperature, the higher or the greater distance the water vapor needs to travel in terms of altitude before it can start to condense. So there's less likelihood of uh, rain if the dew point temperature is too low. Air as it is rising will cool and will become heavy and sink back towards the surface before reaching condensation level or DPT. So we've discussed the two figures which refer to temperature. Third aspect or the third and the fourth can be linked and this could relate to the, width, the circle itself and the amount of cover in it. So the circle itself which is the weather station indicates cloud cover. Now you need to become familiar with the different amounts of cloud cover. You need to know what's cloud uh, clear skies as opposed to overcast weather conditions. And then of course partial cloud cover that is normally tested includes the quarter cloud cover, the half, three quarters and of course as I mentioned your overcast conditions. Now look to see how much of the circle is covered before you determine what partial, what uh, what cloud cover uh, relates to that weather station. Linked to the cloud cover might be a symbol that reflects the type of precipitation. Now you are aware of some of the common types of precipitation and a full stop would mean rain, a comma would refer to drizzle and of course you need to know the symbol for a thunderstorm. These are generally the common ones but it is necessary to go back to your grade 10 syllabus to check the symbols for fog, mist, probably snow and showers. The fifth and sixth aspects of a weather station or weather symbol involve winds. winds right? So this is the next aspect of climate when you are interpreting a weather station, when you are describing the weather at a certain point. The long arm that comes into the circle of clouds or the weather station represents wind direction. Now winds move into the wind or, or the circle or into the weather station. Winds move into. Now in order to name the wind, you need to determine where the wind is coming from. And in this case, the wind is coming from a certain point into the weather station. Once you determine where it is coming from, you are in a position to give the wind direction. Now, In the case of matriculants, 
you are specialist geography students you are you need to become familiar with the 16 cardinal points of the compass when you are giving wind direction right a general direction of northeast might not be acceptable to get you a mark if it is north of northeast or east of northeast so you need to become familiar with those finer cardinal points also linked to this long arm which shows wind direction are smaller lines there are two sizes that indicate wind speed so the longer one represents 10 knots per hour and the shorter one which is half its size represents 5 knots per hour and you might be asked to give the wind speed at certain weather stations or areas on a synoptic weather map so you need to know that if there are two long arms and one short one it would be 10 plus 10 plus 5 which is 25 knots per hour in some areas you might be asked to convert the wind in into kilometers per hour now you uh, rule of thumb is that there's 1.8 kilometers per knot so if you got 25 knots in your weather station you multiply 25 by 1 1.8 and you'll get an answer that would be your wind speed in kilometers per hour students the synoptic weather map is very often tested it's almost a given and they occur or they appear as 15 mark questions and if you have a fairly good knowledge of the highs and lows as well as you are in a good position to describe the weather at certain weather stations you are likely to do very well in the section do not lose marks uh, because you are unable to identify uh, simple pressure sounds highs and lows thank you my name is steve chandrabon and this has been a geography lesson on synoptic weather map interpretation that geography lesson was brought to you by the kwazulu natal department of education